Okay, um, so this morning, it's great to see you all. Um, we are going to carry on a little bit with our thinking about Mark, going through the book of Mark. Now, for those of you that were in kids last week, you are going to be ahead of the game this morning because you will know the story because we talked about it last week. Okay, so we're going to do the same story. So there's a whole heap of things that you can look at in Mark chapter 10, but we're just going to focus on a few verses. If you've got a Bible, if you've got a Bible on your phone, you want to get it out now, have a little look. We're going to look at chapter 10 and verses 46 to 52. Okay, and it's a story about a man that Jesus meets and his life is completely changed by meeting Jesus. Okay, so starting at verse 46, this is what it says. They came to Jericho. So this is Jesus and a whole crowd of people following him along with his disciples. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man called Bartimaeus, remember that name, kids? Yeah, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, which means teacher, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Amazing account of Bartimaeus meeting Jesus and his life being completely changed. Bartimaeus is persistent in pursuing Jesus. He hears him coming and he calls out to him, Jesus, have mercy on me, which basically means, Jesus, help me, save me. And everyone around him tells him to be quiet, to shut up. You know, you're causing a bit of a scene, but he shouts all the more. This is someone who wants to meet Jesus and he wants Jesus to help him. Jesus sees him, he invites him over and says, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. I haven't been able to see the whole of my life. I want to see. And in that moment, his sight is restored and he can see and he follows Jesus. Now, we can rush that a little bit if we're, if we're a bit too quick and a bit not that careful. Jesus just made a blind man see. All right, that is amazing, right? Now, if you were here last week, you will have heard Lydia's story about Jonah and about how um, God, we prayed for Jonah and Jonah's temperature came down and he got better in one of those periods where he was ill. You will also have heard Daisy's story where, where is she? There you are. Daisy's story. We showed that last week, Daisy, and where Daisy had had real trouble in her knee and her ankle and um, had had her legs measured and were told, you know, that one's a little bit shorter than the other or one's longer than the other, which way you want to look, look at it. And we prayed for her. And then the next time she went back to the doctors, they were, the, they were measured again twice because didn't really kind of believe in the first time, were completely the right length, the same length, and she's not had any pain in her knee and her ankle since. God heals. He heals today. And he healed Bartimaeus. All right. Now, this is a story of someone knowing that they need Jesus. 
and they're asking him to bring about change. And maybe by the very fact that you're here this morning or if you choose to listen to this later online, you might feel the same. You might be hoping that an encounter with Jesus will change something, will change something about your situation, something about how you feel, something maybe might change everything. When we encounter Jesus, there is the possibility of transformation if we choose it. Now, transformation is a big word. Um, any children know what transformation means in here? Big word. Any ideas? Want to throw it out, Esther? When you change from one thing to another, it means big, big change. Sometimes it's sudden, like Bartimaeus, quickly he couldn't see and then he could see. And sometimes it's transformation over time, change that happens over time. Um, and you might, children, you might recognise this book. If we can have a little picture of, of uh, something up on the screen, that would be great. Thank you, thank you. Anyone recognise this story? Yes? Okay, very hungry caterpillar. The caterpillar eats some stuff and then he changes. What does he change into? A beautiful butterfly. He was one thing and then he changes something else. That's what transformation means and that's what can happen if we choose to cooperate with Jesus and follow him. So kids, while you're listening, and if you want to keep your hands busy, you've got some pens, there's a butterfly, you might want to decorate it with stickers and with pens, decorate it however you like. But whenever you look at this butterfly, I want you to remember that Jesus changes us. All right, it's about change, it's about transformation, all right? So you can get beavering away on that while, while you're listening, okay? There's one question that I just want us to look at this morning in this story, and it's this one that Jesus says to Bartimaeus. He says, what do you want me to do for you? So Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside asking for money. It would have been something that he does every day. Um, in those days, with that disability of not being able to see, he wouldn't have been able to make much of a living. And people around him would expect to see him in his regular places. He might have been as seen as a bit of a nuisance. Just think for a minute, maybe, about sometimes how people respond to someone who's on the streets. And they say, can you spare a bit of change? Think about what that feels like. Bartimaeus would probably have been in a similar position and would it have experienced something similar. So when Jesus says to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus is saying to him, Bartimaeus, do you want to live differently? You might think, yeah, of course, you know, it's a no-brainer. I can't see. Of course I want to see. But Jesus is asking him something far, far bigger. He's saying, do you want to stay with what's familiar, with all that you've ever known? Do you want the hope of something new? And as Bartimaeus speaks out what he wants, he's invited into this life of, of following Jesus. He's invited into what life looks like when Jesus is around, that, that he can be accepted, that he can be healed, and he can't help but follow Jesus. So it's that question I want us to think about this morning on a number of different levels. Just quickly, what do you want me to do for you? Just imagine if Jesus is saying those words to you right now. Lydia, what do you want me to do for you? Mike, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus says that question to us this morning. 
And just in your kind of, just while you're mulling that over for a minute, just quietly respond. Maybe you might just want to make a few notes about kind of how you would respond to Jesus. Maybe you don't even know Jesus here, but even so, he says to you, what do you want me to do for you? And he invites you to answer him. And it might be that uh, as you answer him, kind of just deep inside, it might be a process thing. It might be something that happens over time. It might not be an immediate kind of wham, eye-seeing thing. It might be a Jesus walking with you through something. But we are invited to answer his question to us. What do you want me to do for you? And I encourage you to dream on your own and to dream big. Like Bartimaeus said, I want to see. That, that is a big ask, isn't it? Let's do some big asking. And, you know, just over the next few days and few weeks, just, just sit with that question with Jesus and see what he says to you. Could you dream to live differently? And what would that look like? Um, kids, what do you want Jesus to do for you right now and maybe when you're older? What kind of person do you want to be now and when you're older? Ask God to show you. You've got a spare bit of paper there. Uh, you might want to draw a big dream bubble on it and just think, okay, this is, this is what I'd like. Jesus says to you, what do you want me to do for you? And you can just put it down on paper what you'd like. So what I want to do now, just, just really briefly, just stay in your seats. If, you come with, uh, if you're in a family grouping, if you are, uh, come on your own, if you might want to kind of move nearer someone else, but I know that's difficult with social distancing, with a mask, you might just want to have a little bit of time on your own. But just going to take just one minute, just thinking, okay, Jesus is asking me that question. What do you want me to do for you? And just pray, just quietly to yourselves, just for a little moment. Okay, and what about if we ask that same question, but in the context of us here, um, as a church family, what do you want me to do for you here, here at Chelmsford Vineyard? Now, if you were around before the pandemic, you will know that we are regathering as a church and we look a little bit different at the moment to what we might have looked like before. Some people have moved away, other new people have joined us. What do we want Jesus to do for us as a church family? You know, I mean, I want to see, you know, I know social distancing and everything, but I want to see this room full of people, um, not for the sake of bums on seats, but because I want people to encounter Jesus and be transformed by him. I want our church family to be people of all backgrounds, all colours, all ages, all life experiences, all sorts of people finding Jesus and walking together with him. You know, the people around Bartimaeus uh, tried to silence him. They were trying to make this kind of call that, you know, um, Jesus wouldn't be interested in someone like Bartimaeus. But far from it. Time and time again, if you look at the life of Jesus, 
everyone else that who shies away, um, sorry, people who shy away from others, Jesus actually cho- chooses to walk towards those. Nobody is excluded. Jesus loves us and he invites us. He invites every single human being into his presence. There's no one who is not invited. So if we want our church to be diverse and growing and being people being transformed by meeting Jesus, how does that happen? It happens and it starts with us. It starts with us loving the one in front of us. So who do you welcome? Who do you invite into your house? Who do you invite home or round for dinner? Who do you hang out with for a coffee? Who do you stand together while you're cheering on uh, your daughter playing football? And who do you um, talk to at the school gate? Who do you talk to at at work? You know, we're not just going to rock up on a Sunday, uh, next Sunday, and find this place completely full. We need to do the inviting. So Libby's already talked about the carol service. Who are you going to invite to the carol service? You know, in small groups, um, we've been uh, starting to get some things ready for it. And one of the things that we've been doing is we've been praying and asking God to speak to us for every single person that's going to be at that carol service. We don't know who they're going to be yet, um, but we're asking God to speak to us because God knows who's going to be sat here and who's going to come. And so we've been writing words of encouragement that we can give to every single person, whatever age that is there on that Sunday for the carol service. Who do you want to be here to receive one of those encouraging words? They won't come unless we ask them. We need to invite them. Who are you going to invite? You know, we're hoping to do Alpha in the new year. Who will you invite to that? Who is not here that you want to be here? I had a dream this week um, of someone I know who doesn't yet know Jesus, but in my dream, uh, she was here in church and she'd found a home in this uh, church family. And Jesus says, you know, what do you want me to do for you? And I was thinking about the dream, and I was like, Lord, I want that to happen. I want that person to be here. I want them to come to know you and for her life to be transformed. So I am praying for her. You know, a few weeks ago, as we started to regather, Libby showed you some puzzle pieces, yeah? Uh, And the idea behind this is that these all link together. We're all connected, but it's a puzzle of the city of Chelmsford. Um, If you've not yet got um, a puzzle piece that represents you or puzzle pieces that represent people that you want to invite to be connected and be part of our church family, I'm going to leave this box um, on the table out there. Please take two or three pieces and put them somewhere where it's going to remind you to pray for them. You know, put a bit of blue tack on and stick it on the fridge or by the front door. But each time you see it, pray for that person. This is how... um, we, we invite people along. So just now, think about if you've already got a puzzle piece or a few puzzle pieces at home and you've been praying for them, pray for those people now. Just quietly in your family groups, wherever you're sitting. If you've not got a puzzle piece yet, who would you invite? And pray for that person now. And then finally, we're going to ask the same question, but we're going to ask it about our neighbourhood and our streets and our community and our city. 
Jesus says to us, what do you want me to do for you? You know, as we follow Jesus and we come to know more and more how much we are loved, we are changed by him and that spills out of us into our communities. How can you bless your community this Christmas? Uh, If you're in a small group and you want to get some friends or neighbours together, um, you know, do it. Invite them in. Show them that, that God loves them just by you loving them and spending time with them and valuing them and listening to what they're saying and having fun together. If you need some help with some ideas or, you know, talk to your small group leader. If you're not yet in a small group leader, if you're not yet a small group leader, if you're not yet in a small group, this is a great time to join one because you're getting on some parties. Um, In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be hosting something for our street. We're just going to have a few fire pits on our driveway with some other neighbours nearby, you know, s'mores, mulled wine, um, mince pies, that kind of thing. And the whole street will be gathering. They're simple things that we can do, um, but they express that we love our community. What do we want Jesus to do for us in our city? Uh, This week, this last week, uh, I'll mention Caroline because she's here, but um, we had, as part of the Grow Baby team, we had this wonderful, wonderful um, time We've, you, you will know that we've been supporting some of the Afghan refugees that have been housed locally and temporarily um, here in Chelmsford um, with as part of Grow Baby. And over the last three months, we've been getting to know some of those families. They've been coming every week. And on Wednesday, uh, one of those families came to say goodbye because they've been offered some permanent housing. And they came in, they said, we're going tomorrow, but we, needed to, we wanted to come and say goodbye to you and, um, and just to say thank you. And, you know, we were all pretty much weeping and, and they were trying to hold it in. And they, you know, they asked for photos with us and they took photos and it was just felt like family. And um, it was such a privilege and uh, uh, it felt holy. It felt like a holy moment that we were able to serve uh, these, these families you know, we want, when, if I talk about, you know, what we want uh, Jesus to do for us in our cities, we want, as part of Grow Baby, uh, for there to be families who are clothed. We don't want children in Chelmsford to be without clothes. Um, we want families to feel at home. We want them to be able to come in, and if they're struggling with different things, to find support. Um, I want to see um, Stephen, who is one of the homeless guys that we've been getting to know over the last few months. I want to see him off the streets. If Jesus says to me, what do you want for your city? I want to one day not see him where I always see him because he's got somewhere to live. Um, We know that he loves uh, mango energy drinks. We know that he loves hot chicken wings and and lots of the other things that we buy him whenever we see him. Um, But the other day, um, who were, were you with me, Betty? And Anna, were you with me too? Yeah. So we, we were... Uh, we walked past him and we had a little chat and he, he was there and he didn't have his usual blankets or his sleeping bag and it was the day before we knew the cold weather was really going to hit. And so we were kind of like, you know, asking him how he was and he said he wasn't in a great way. And we just said, you know, where's, where's your stuff? Where's your, where's your sleeping bags and your blanket? And he said, you know, it got wet so I hung it up um, to try and dry it out and in the process it got nicked so he had nothing. And then the next day, we knew it was going to be kind of zero temperature. 
So children, you might not remember this, but before the pandemic, so a good couple of years ago now, in church, we had asked you to bring, to give some money. So some of you brought in some of your pocket money and we, we collected it in this box. And then before we got together again on Sundays, Nikki and I were sorting out the boxes and we came, the kids' children's boxes, and we came across this box of money. And we're like, oh my goodness, it's been sat here for two years while, the, while COVID has been going on. It's been sat in the trailer um, with that box. We need to do something with this money because what this money was to help people. So I used that money and we went into um, a supermarket <laughs> and uh, we bought a big fleecy blanket and some gloves and stuff like that and we gave it to Stephen and uh, you know had a chat with him and he he was so thankful and literally as we were driving off he was wrapping it around him and actually each time I've seen him since he still had that so you children you did that that was your money and you have given that blanket to to Stephen we want what do we want Jesus to do for our cities you know, we, we want people like, like Stephen to know that they are loved. You know, I want to see young people supported. I'm looking at Kate because I know of what you do with the mentoring stuff. Um, you know, we want to see young people knowing that they have worth. There's so many things that we want to see in our city. What has God put in your heart? What do you want Jesus to do for you, for your community, for this city? So we just as we finish, we're going to pray. We're going to pray together. This is the brave part. Okay, you've got your face mask on so you can shout out, you can call out, all right? We're going to pray corporately together now for our city, all right? And then we'll kind of finish up a little bit and pray for um, each other as well if people want us to. So I want you to be brave, all right? We're going to pray. Let me start. Bartimaeus said to you, Lord, um, have mercy on me. Come and help us. Come and save us. And people told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Jesus, come. Jesus, save us. Jesus, help us. And Lord, this morning we call out to you. We cry out to you for our city. And we ask, would you come? Would you come and change it? Would you change us so that as we walk around in our city and down our streets, that we bring your hope and your life and your light with us. So come, Lord Jesus.